Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 67. How you guys doing? How you holding up? It's day 62 for us of this uh, lovely lockdown. Not that I'm counting the days. I only stop every two weeks to count the days for you guys. I'm doing all right with it. Uh, we got a very comfortable house. We got a lot of lovely land. We got a pond. We got a half mile road that consists of our, comprises our entire neighborhood with only 20 houses on it. So, you know, I mean, we walk the road. We, the weather's nice. It's warm here. We have a very easy. I don't suffer on behalf of myself. I suffer on the behalf of others because I have empathy and I'm a human being and it's really fucking awful out there for people. A lot more friends lost their jobs in the last couple of weeks. That's been pretty rough. A couple other people got sick. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of people got sick. Yeah, it's been, it's been, you know, it's been emotionally intense times for all of us and, and we're no exception here. I'm still really sad about my dad, of course. That's been rough. I, but you know, I think we're doing all right. I had a birthday. I am now 48 years old, which is crazy, crazy to think about. That's a long time. I routinely mention things that happened 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> I have friends that aren't from Alaska that I've had for 30 years. That kind of blows my mind since I didn't leave Alaska till I was an adult. I've been an adult for 30 years. Uh, I remember I was like 26, 27 and I was like, you know what? Actually, I got a long time to live. Like, sure. Yeah. You know, I'm 26 and that seems really old. And that, cause that's like more than a quarter of my whole life, but I didn't really start living until I was 16. So those first 16 years don't count. So it's only been 10 years, but now, I mean, man, if you, even if you take those 16 first years off, which is bullshit, by the way, we're living when we're young, all you have to do is look at your children. Uh, I've still been doing this shit for like 32 years. It's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. Life, it just keeps going. I've had so many different jobs. I've had so many different places I've lived. Different girlfriends, different friend groups, uh, everything. Bands. <laughs> I've had a lot of bands. <laughs> oh, geez. It's pretty crazy. But, I, you know, it's mid-40s birthdays are fine. I have a family friend. She's a distant cousin. Her name is Sherry. She's in her 60s, maybe even 70s now. She's my dad's generation. They were good friends. So they grew up together in Nome and Fairbanks. And she commented on my uh, Facebook post. She's like, yeah, there's birthdays in the middle, in the 40s. They, they all kind of blur together, blur together. And there's a little bit of a lull there. But the ones in your 60s are awesome. And I was like, well, I'm fucking right. That sounds great, man. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sherry. She's great. They visited us down here last year, maybe the year before. And it was really nice to see them here. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, quarantine birthday. Uh, I did a Zoom call with some friends yesterday for the birthday. That was really nice. My birthday was Thursday, though, so, you know, I took the day off. So that was really good. I don't like to spend the whole day in front of the computer every day. It's a little rough, you know. I, I, I just... I've done it for so long. I am a computer guy, but I spend enough time in front of the computer as it is, you know? So, uh, I did, uh, you know, Thursday, but you know, it's interesting. Thursday is normally the day I go out and do all the groceries and stuff. And, and Emma was like, you don't have to do that. You know, it's chores on your birthday. And I'm like, no, you know, I don't mind. I'll do it. And not only that, I'll do like some extra chores for you and I'll still watch the baby tonight and put her to bed and give you the night off. And I realized like it was still a lovely day. Right. And like part of the reason why it was a lovely day, I think is like one thing that's great about birthdays when you're married is that it's just sort of a license for one day to like you get to make all the decisions for all those like micro
micro compromises that everybody does in, in marriage, right? Like, what are we going to watch tonight? Who's making dinner? Who's going to do this? What are we making for dinner? You know, they're not hard. And, you know, in any given couple, like you, you win a bunch and you lose a bunch and you just sort of live with it. And it's totally nothing. It's no big deal. But on your birthday, you don't have to do any of that. You choose like what you're going to eat. You choose, you know, you know, I'll still do some chores, but I just do the ones I kind of enjoy. I like loading the dishwasher. I'll load the dishwasher on my birthday. That's cool. I like watching Jane and I'll still do that on my birthday, but I got to choose what I wanted to watch. And, you know, I, I didn't want to make dinner. So Emma made dinner. It was really quite lovely for a birthday where you can't leave your house. I mean, I did leave my house. I did all the grocery shopping. Uh, I went to the Asian market, which is really far away. I really did it for the drive. You know, Thursday seems to be the least busy day for groceries here. So I do it on Thursday. And I tried to do it at like 8 a.m. because I was going at 10 a.m. for a while and it's too, it's too crowded by then. I have a theory that everybody deals with their kids and gets their kids breakfast fed and then they go out grocery shopping, right? So I've been doing it a little earlier and that's been working really well. But, you know, there's some Asian stuff I can't get at the local markets and so I had to drive into Durham. Uh, and it was really like I just liked to drive, so I wanted to drive on my birthday. And so I did that and got a bunch of bamboo and Zhaoxing wine and water chestnuts and hot sesame oil and Japanese Kit Kats and, you know, baby corn. It was great. And uh, Thai basil. Uh, I'm planting a ton. We'll talk about that later. Whatever. And then uh, I also went to two hardware stores, just the garden sections outdoors, and they weren't too crowded because it was a Thursday, you know, but there's some people there, and I felt a little guilty about it because I was buying, I was, looking for, I was looking for some paving stones for Emma for this big landscaping project she's doing. Like, we have this acre of land that's just woods, but it's got a creek running through it, and Emma's slowly been, like, sort of taming it and clearing out the vines and putting, like, you know, log stair earthen log steps down the hill to the creek and cleaning out the creek so it runs and it isn't all just like mucky and it's getting really nice down there and there's another part where there's our driveway and then it, the water flows across part of janet's lawn and then flows down the hill next to the stairs and it's got these rocks that sort of you know erosion protection rocks but the erosion protection stream is right where you want to walk and they're like big round rocks and they really hurt to walk on so we're like we could you know sprinkle some paving stones in there but we couldn't really, I couldn't really find any at either place. So that didn't really work, you know? So I had like actually wasted probably an hour of my birthday on that stuff, but I picked up some gardening stuff I needed. I got some, you know, more bamboo sticks to like help the peas and the tomatoes climb. And, uh, I don't remember what else, not much else actually. Oh, a black watering can. That was cool. That's all I bought at Home Depot, $2. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a pleasant birthday, you know? And then today uh, is quarantine Christmas. It's this new holiday I've developed. I strongly recommend you consider it. Basically everything that comes into your house through the week goes into quarantine. And on the weekend you get to open it all, right? So I did all the grocery shopping on Thursday, the perishables, you know, the produce and stuff, you got to put away right away, but all the non-perishables, all the canned goods, everything like that. And all the packages and all the mail that comes throughout the week, we just leave and quarantine all week. And then on Saturday, I just go and open it all. And it's really, really fun because it's like, oh, it's like Christmas every week. And you know, I mean, I mean, this week I did actually buy myself a birthday present. I bought some of the Supreme, my bloody Valentine stuff that came out last week before last. So I got a new my bloody valentine t-shirt and a hoodie a loveless hoodie it's really nice and some you know cool my bloody valentine supreme stickers so that was a gift to myself but other than that i did get one gift time hop at work they gave me a nice lego book but uh you know it just feels like gifts but it's not gifts it's stuff you bought like i i bought some masks from steady goods which is nikki digital's new sort of brooklyn naval yard based uh thing it's like e-commerce for all the the makers in the naval yard it's really nice it's at steadygoods.com i suggest you check it out and they have really really nice uh masks on there so i bought some of those 
And uh, so those came and had some seeds, which is really great because I had these two flower beds. And I was like, I don't really do flowers. I guess I need to get some flower seeds. And Nikki just threw in some flower seeds. So that's really great. I got that now. I got that covered. Emma was asking for flowers because she thought Jane would like them because Jane loves flowers. You know, let's see. There was a, a new bulletin board for an organizing project I need to do in the library. There was like all my canned goods and soda and a six pack in Narragansett. You know, not extravagant stuff here, but it, like you put it all together on a Saturday after afternoon and it's like quarantine christmas i recommend it oh there was some um martin's handmade pretzels my friend noah Breyer got me into those they're just like it's a pretzel factory in new york city that still exists and makes pretzels and ships them out they're really good so i got some of those again and it was just nice you know quarantine christmas i just finished it up with it it's oh i got a cd for my friend miranda that's pretty exciting i get to listen to that later today you guys won't hear about that for two weeks sadly but you know i recommend quarantine christmas uh let's see what else we did a bonfire with the neighbors he's got like a 20 you know you know about the bonfires at the neighbor's house but uh the bonfire circle is like 20 feet wide right so he's like he hasn't really been having big events he's still got his in-laws in their in-law house and the bonfire diameter is about 20 feet and it's got three banks of three seats right so him and his wife and then they always leave a seat for the in-laws if they want to come out they don't always come out apparently he's telling me all this one over there and then they leave one seat if maybe they have some guests and they've done it twice now with us and our other friends in the neighborhood uh ricardo and Celine. we don't all get to see each other but like he you know they can have one one couple over and still socially distance so we did that that was really pleasant that was last weekend i enjoyed it I hadn't seen them in a while here and there, I'll wave to them when we're on our walk. They'll be in their driveway. They got a lot of new chickadees, so the garage is open. Uh, but, you know, it was nice to see that. Uh, and then there's this great thing going on in the neighborhood where uh, our neighbors, uh, Bob and Deb, have been doing chalk drawings for Jane. So when we walk down the street, get to their driveway, it's like, hi, Jane. And then the the kids next door did one, too. So this time there were two chalk drawings for Jane. It's just so nice. She walks down the street and she goes, chalk drawings? And she goes over and she knows her name. She can see her name in letters. So that's the only word she realizes is a word. But, you know, she's like, Jane. And then they have fish and flowers and stars. And she's like, star, fish, flower. Oh, it's so cute. And I just love all the neighbors for doing that. It really feels like we're in a nice little community here. It's pretty sweet. I'm into it. Uh, yeah, I've been gardening a lot. I mean, so basically Emma goes off and does her landscaping in the woods and then on the weekends and in, in my lunch hour in the evenings and the mornings, I do some gardening. I got a bunch of stuff now. I got some stuff I've been growing from seed, bunch of shishito peppers, tomatoes, peas, and something oh beans i've been growing from seed those three things from seed got more tomatoes uh that i got at the store and then i got even more tomatoes that my friend emily gave me she used to live across the street but she moved away to become a farmer and now she has a csa this is her first year we signed up for it hasn't started yet but she came and dropped me off some tomatoes i got some basil i got some thai basil i got three varieties of basil now I got, what else do I got? I got, I really, you know, oh, I got all the herbs, obviously, parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme. Uh, uh, the sage is doing really well, actually. I got some hearty sage around here. Um, four or five different kinds of chili peppers besides the shishitos. I got Thai, I got cayenne. It's great. It's not like I would not be able to live off of it. <laughs> this is not a survival garden, but it's pretty satisfying. Today I did, you know, I've been watching YouTube videos of people that like grow stuff from their, their groceries. So I took the end of a celery and I'm just going to try and grow some celery out of that. I'm probably going to plant some potatoes. I got some grow bags coming. My friend Abby's been sort of teaching me through Marco Polo and videos and chats on how to garden. I used to do it a lot before I started going to Europe for time hop, but so this year I'm really going for it 
And she told me all about grow bags because, you know, I've been using containers and like they're expensive and I had a lot of them and now they're all used up. And I was like, well, I guess this is all I can grow. And she's like, no, grow bags, man. They're super cheap. So I bought like 150 grow bags in three sizes for like $40. I mean, that's insane, right? It's like 30 cents a grow bag. So that's a great deal. They all arrived this week. And so all the seeds I have now are those seedlings can go into the grow bags and then all the stuff I just started growing from, you know, from shoots like i'm growing two more thai basils i'm growing from the it's a different varietal i have two thai basil plants now i bought those plants at walmart they're actually we're selling thai basil plants but it's different than the thai basil i buy from the asian place which is like more purpley and uh so i just started growing three of those from shoots you can do that from cuttings um so yeah man it's, it should be a pretty big garden i might do potatoes i'm kind of thinking about that i just watched a bunch of potato videos yesterday and you can do them in five gallon grow bags so I'm kind of tempted. I'm kind of tempted to grow some potatoes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But then, of course, this weekend, it's like going to get cold. So I got to bring a bunch of stuff in or cover it up. I'm going to try and cover it up with plastic. People say it works. It makes me scared, but I have too much to bring in now. So we'll see. We'll see. It's pretty rewarding. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. And then, yeah, that's about it. That's what's going on here. Every day I do my Facebook update. I don't know how many of you are my Facebook friends, but I write a long update. And it's actually been working out pretty well. It's very similar to this podcast, right? It's just me sort of talking about whatever's going through my mind each day. Uh, it's getting a little hard to do the podcast and the Facebook update and write 750 words a day and have them all be like unique thoughts. But it kind of works. It's like my brain is always racing and I have three different outlets for it on three different time frames. And uh, I, I'm into it. And it reaches a different audience. It's a lot of like my old friends from Alaska. It's a lot of like family old friends. It's, you know, it's different kinds of people and uh, or casual acquaintances from my industry years, advertising industry people. And I like it. I'm into it. And they seem to like it. And I post a mixtape with it each time for my mixtape ripping project. And uh, people find it very enjoyable. So I'm into that. Jane is doing really well. This morning we were watching uh, The Game Mechanic, that YouTuber I watch play Civilization. And he went, holy cow. And uh, Jane just took to it right away. And now she's been going around all day going, holy cow. And I love it. She's like, holy cow. <laughs> it makes me very happy. Uh, she's really been quite pleasant lately. There's still some fits. One or two. I would say in the last two weeks she had four nights where she melted down at bedtime and was inconsolable. Maybe three. And we had to just put her to bed while she was crying. It used to happen well over half the time. And now it's down to less than a quarter. People keep telling me, you know, like, two's not that bad it's going to get worse at three so maybe it'll get worse but she is a pretty pleasant kid and she's pretty happy and i really like her a lot i'm kind of like i love my daughter she's amazing we spent a lot of time together i'm very thankful it is one of the biggest gifts of this thing i miss new york profoundly and i i miss it a lot i miss my new york friends i miss the city but uh, the reward is I get to spend more time with my daughter. I'm not one of those dudes that leaves the house because they want to get away from their family. I like my family, so I'm pretty happy to be here. It's good. It's good. I hope you're doing all right, too. You know, let me know how's it going, how, how things are going for you. I'm in touch with a lot of my friends these days. It's another nice thing about this is, like, people talk a lot more, and it makes me happy, and I like hearing from people. Uh, let's see, media projects. I have still been doing my Blu-ray ripping. I've been ripping stuff from my Netflix, and I've been buying <laughs> cheap, <laughs> cheap UHD DV, uh, Blu-rays, ultra-high definition Blu-rays at Walmart because they've just been putting out the random shit. It's kind of great. You can tell they're just cleaning out the stock room. This week I did Valeria and the City of a Thousand Planets, which is not a good movie, but there are some things I like about it. And it was only $8, and I sold it on eBay for 7 and now I have a 4K copy of it with all the extras. So that was fun. Uh, got, you know, let's see, I added a bunch of other stuff to Plex. If you're a Plex user, um, 
La Jete and, and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Top Secret. Uh, let's see what else did I add. I finished the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so they're all up there. Sans Soleil, the other film by the guy that made La Jete. Oh, Western. Well, whatever. I'll talk about a lot of these because I've watched them. Stealing Beauty, Xanadu. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's fun. I've been, you know, putting that stuff up there. Uh, I've been doing the vinyl ripping. I only ripped one vinyl this week. It was the Levin Rockets No Big Deal 12-inch with 1,000 watts of your love on the B-side because my friend Ann Gullickson from high school sent me a photo of a tape I made her back in the day. So this is another nice thing about the tape ripping project with posting them to Facebook. People I made tapes for... 20, 30 years ago have dug out those tapes and they have sent me photos of them and I've recompiled them, right? So that's pretty awesome. That's happened three times now. And so Anne sent me one and it, everything on it I still had except for 1,000 Watts of Your Love. And I was like, oh, I do actually own this. It's on vinyl. So I used the vinyl ripping station. Felt pretty good about that. I have donated or shipped away all my other extra computers to friends or to charities. I sent a lot of the old computers to a like a nonprofit in New York that my friend Ash runs that educates prisoners as they get out of prison to reenter the workforce. I just shipped them all my old computers. And then I sent one to another friend whose computer broke. So I'm down. This is the only backup computer I have now is this, uh, this vinyl ripping station one. I used to have like six <laughs> kind of absurd. Uh, and then I got the Kodak box back. Like I said, so I made the contact sheets and I got those shipped out to my mom. She told me yesterday that she and her sister her sister, so my aunt, spent several hours last night annotating all the contact sheets, and Val's going to take a pass, and then I sent a Dropbox link to my aunt and uncle, because they are more proficient in the ways of Dropbox, so they can just comment right on those in Dropbox. Everybody will send me back all of those annotations, and I will rename the files, so the file names have the names of the people that are in the photos, so that'll be better for posterity's sake. I will make printouts, or I'll send the originals and make printouts for my mom, like a photo album book, and uh, all the printouts send that back to my mom. I will have them filed away in my archive, so that project will be done probably another month, but it's going pretty well. I'm so thankful I got all that stuff back from Kodak. It, you know, I, Not that they, there was any ever reason to worry, other than I sent it off right before the pandemic, and I was like, I don't even know if they're working. I don't know what country these people are in. I don't think this is considered an essential service, but I got it back. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I have not ripped a single four track tape yet. That project is just completely on hold and it's really bumming me out. I ripped the one and now I'm just like, Ugh, every day I think I'm going to do it. And then other stuff comes up. It's actually been really hard, man. Like one to th like after lunch to four 30 ish is very hard for me. I do work. I'm working, but I got most of my deliverable based work, like things I need to write and stuff like that. I do in the morning. I'm done. I'm caught up. And then I have to be in front of my computer because, you know, there's some calls. Those are great. Meetings are great. I actually like meetings now. And then sometimes, you know, people that work with me will ping me about something and we'll have some talks and catch up. You know, somebody in the sales team will need something or product or whatever. And I, you know, I have to be here. I have to work, but like I have a lot of time and I'm just sitting in front of the computer and it's like, it's hard. I want to start some sort of project, but I don't. It feels wrong because I'm working and, and it's like I'm a little too ADD to have the distraction and work and the distractions come first because they're not the distractions. They're the, the primary directive, you know what I mean? So it's, it's hard. I used to like fill that time in by playing Civ, but I don't do that anymore. I'm just like kind of done with it for a while. I mean, I still watch it on TV, but you know, there's a crash that happens on my computer with the Civ game. It's making me very frustrated. So I haven't been playing that. 
So, you know, mornings I got my whole routine. I got breakfast. I got Jane. I got Jane time. I got the Civ guy. And then I got all the way from, you know, like after breakfast, I do all my work and I do my 750 words. And I write my Facebook posts, all the deliverables for the week, get all my, I catch up on my email, talk to our lawyer. I'm in constant, I'm always talking to our lawyer about something and like you do all that. And then, you know, then lunch and then after lunch, the end of the rest of the day, that's, those are the, those are haunted when the minutes drag right there, man. That's, that's where it gets hard. That's where, that's where you go into the long, dark tea time of the soul. I read the news and I start learning about all the crappy shit that's been happening in the world again. And then I get really like, I'm not into it, but then dinner rolls around and then we have dinner as a family. And then we do our walk through the neighborhood. And then, you know, we spend an hour or two with Jane. So usually in the backyard these days, cause it's nice. That's all lovely. So really I'm down to like two, three and a half hours, three and a half hours in the middle of the afternoon. That is where I've, I've got the fear basically. Anyway, let's see. Discogs. Sold a ton of stuff on Discogs. The world in the lockdown seems to need its CDs. Um, I sold one, one order. It was three CDs. It was Nick Cave's Murder Ballads, which is great. It was a deluxe de- a reissue remaster with a second CD. Nick Cave did a bunch of those in like 2008. I bought them all. Now I've been selling them all. Uh, programming the Psycho Drill, Rubber Glove Seduction. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. PTP. Uh, it was a ministry spinoff band. Um, more on the dancey side, but industrial dancey, not like, you know, work for love. Uh, Chris Connolly sings instead of uh, Al Jorgensen. And it was like a big hit in the dance clubs, like a man ray and stuff like that. Tick, tick, tock. I am the kitchen clock. That CD. I love that CD. I have the 12 inch, so I was cool with selling it. And then I sold Different Class by Pulp. I do not own that on vinyl. So now I really need to get Pulp's Different Class on vinyl. Excited to see it go great album classic album uh then i had another order that was like two three four five six eight cds and all of them but one were spiritualized the one that wasn't spiritualized was the hal hartley amateur soundtrack which i regret selling but i bought a vinyl for two dollars so that should be shipping any day now so that's good and then the rest were spiritualized singles and this guy like hey he's, he's going for it man he's doing what i used to do let's try and get every spiritualized single i can tell he got the electricity singles part electricity single parts one and two uh he did not buy my two-track electricity u.s promo cd which just has electricity and the electricity edit but he bought the two official cd single releases he but he did buy the promo single i have a really rare promo single of i think i'm in love that has like the dance the chemical brothers remix on it and some other stuff all this stuff is available now the seed uh, spiritualized put out a complete works volume one and volume two that have all these b-sides on them but you know i like to have all these singles most of them i have i think i'm in love and electricity i have the 12 inches for so i'm, I'm okay with these uh then he bought uh actually i have the 12 inch for everything he, he bought uh run i want you which is i think spiritualized second single first one was any way that you want me no second one was feel so sad third one was run i want you uh i have a ton of that i have that seven inch i have the 12 inch and i had two cds one of the cds was a misprint and on the cd it had some classical music and not spiritualized so i've always had you know then i bought it again to get the original and uh, so when I was selling to this guy, I had to like make sure I sent him the one that actually had spiritualized on it. So that was you know a bit of a, a bit of a, a job. Uh, he bought the Stop You Crying single, which sent me off on this whole path because Stop You Crying is a great song and has an amazing video. If you've never seen the Stop You Crying video, I strongly recommend it. Uh, ideally, you could find it in HD and watch it on a really big screen, but you'll get the idea of its brilliance even in a small one. And that video made me think of Bruce Springsteen and Western Stars. We'll talk about that later. But it's all because this guy bought the Stop Your Crying single by Spiritualized this week. Uh, then he bought the Abbey Road EP as well. And uh, so, yeah, good guy. Good good, good taste in Spiritualized, dude. <laughs> uh, and then I had a third Discogs order, and he sold. He bought Four Days by the Legendary Pink Dots. And I re-listened to that. That was really good. I like the Legendary Pink Dots. 
Uh, vinyl, only I got two records in the mail this week uh, because I've been trying to spend way less money. I've got my weekly spending cut in half. I'm very proud of that. Uh, I've not been buying a lot of vinyl, but these two I'm particularly proud of. I told you guys last week I sold the Salvation soundtrack by New Order. I mean, it's not just New Order. It's New Order Cabaret Voltaire. And uh, so I bought it on vinyl and it was a dollar fifty, and I was like, awesome. And also back on that kick, I was on that Mary Margaret O'Hara kick. The same people had the Mary Margaret O'Hara, a new day, 12 inch on Virgin with two B sides that aren't on Miss America. And the whole, that was like $2. So I got both those records for like three fifty, five, like six bucks with shipping. It was such a great deal. You can't find any vinyl for that kind of money anymore. And let alone vinyl with like, you know, three new order songs that aren't available anywhere else and two Mary Margaret O'Hara songs that aren't available anywhere else. I felt really good about it. Uh, and then I realized, you know, I've never seen the movie salvation. And I was like, I want to watch this movie. So I IMDb would it and it's by this woman named Beth B. And that was a big epiphany because I actually saw Beth B present another one of her movies. Like, I don't know, in the nineties, late nineties in Toronto. And I never realized it was the same woman that had directed salvation, which I already knew about. And then even weirder, Last year, my friend Lisa Carver was on a book tour in New York and she was doing two dates and one was in the city and I was in town for both of them. And one was in the city and it was with like, uh, that same woman, Beth B presenting the film I had seen in Toronto. And then the other one was out in Brooklyn and it was with God is my co-pilot live. I told you guys all about that. It was at Rublot, blah, blah, blah. So I went to that one because I had already seen Beth B and the movie, but I didn't realize she had directed salvation. So I was like, Oh my God. So now I've been running around trying to find a copy of Salvation. It's basically impossible to find. It's never been put out on DVD, let alone Blu-ray. There's a VHS rip on, on the torrents, and I'm trying to buy a download that, but it only has two seeds. It's taking like a week, and it's like eight, stalled at 80%. So I don't know what's up with that. I don't know if I'll ever see this movie, but uh, I'm trying. That's it for the vinyl for this week. And uh, let's see. I listened to a ton of other stuff, though. Uh, right after the podcast last week, I listened to this guy, Owen McMahon. I'd mentioned him before. He's a singer songwriter out of, I think, Tennessee. My friend Augstone got me into him, I think when he was living in Tennessee and, uh, he has a new thing called the voice memo demos. And it was really, really good. I strongly recommend it. It's on Amazon. It's on, I'm sorry. It's on Spotify. The voice memo demos by Owen McMahon, MCM, not MACM. Uh, and then my friend Jamie Bennett the, sent me this artist called Hazel English. She's like a singer songwriter, but with a little bit of a pop inflection to it. And it's pretty good. It's uh, almost called Wake Up. I'm into it. It's sort of like Ali X, like intelligent pop, little synthy singer songwriter kind of thing. Like, you know, there's a bunch of those people that you really like. I really like. And uh, she fits into that kind of like uh, Muna a little bit. Reminded me of Muna. Uh, Brooklyn pop band. They're really good. Uh, anyway, it's good. Then I listened to the, I watched the Post Malone Nirvana tribute, which was shockingly good. Post Malone playing Nirvana in his living room. A little bit too much reverb, but other than that, dead on very very good nirvana set i was impressed uh they listened to the new lachinda williams album good souls better angels i felt really bad i've always really kind of when i was younger i didn't like lachinda williams her voice like freaked me out uh and i thought she was a weirdo and i was like wait a minute i love weirdos what's wrong with this and so i was like i'm gonna get into her and so i listened to the new album and it's awesome <laughs> i was like i don't know what i was thinking why did i ever have a problem with it? it's because of like soul asylum and all that stuff i never believed in soul asylum although again they were probably a pretty good band and i'm gonna have to go revisit soul asylum damn it I had a lot of skepticism in the grunge ears. <laughs> anyway, and you listen to Williams, Lucinda Williams is very good. Good souls, better angels. 
a new Sylvan Esso called With. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Very, very good. And there's only one listen on that so far, so that needs a second listen. But uh, I, I thought it was a really good album on first listen. Listen to the new Strokes three or four times, and I do think it's very good. I really like the first two tracks, but I was never a huge Strokes fan. I like their new style better than their old style, I guess. Uh, it's fine. I don't think that, like, I never... I never thought they were like, I never cared about the, like the cultural movement that was the strokes. It, it wasn't me. We were talking about last night on zoom actually. Cause I seen, I saw the strokes on their first tour in Boston at TT's, which is like a, you know, 300 cap room, uh, playing with missile thrush some friends of mine and annie had been to that one but there was an earlier stroke show in boston in cambridge that were like a hundred people room that wasn't sold out that like five people on my zoom last night had been to <laughs> and i was like wow man yeah <laughs> saw basically like 80 percent of that zoom had seen the strokes on their first tour in boston but uh you know they're good uh, don't get me wrong i just never understood how they got so good they're so big i mean it was weird uh and then i listened to the skip spence album or i never heard of skip Spence, I didn't know anything about, or my friend Matley posted a similar sentiment on Facebook. He's like, how have I never heard of Skip Spence in the album or, and I was like, whoa, Matley's really into this. Uh, and Matley has great taste in music. So I'm going to listen to it. And now I'm like, how have I never heard of Skip Spence in the album or it's amazing. It's like a weird drugged out psych album from the seventies from a guy that was in a bunch of, uh, other bands like Jefferson airplane and, uh, hot tuna maybe i can't remember but uh you know he's like one of the classic 70s burnout drug cases i read a bunch about him but the album's awesome totally into it uh and then i listened to a late period frontline assembly album called hold on because i posted one of the mixtapes and had some old frontline assembly on, on it and my friend charles was like i'm listening to them right now and he posted that album and i hadn't listened to it and i hadn't listened to any late period frontline assembly and way more electronica than industrial so not as much my jam but you know it's a good record i'm into it then my friend Og Stone, uh, who I mentioned previously and uh, was my bandmate in Rockets Birds from the Street Lamps, he has a new demos out called Not Just Lamps, But Pure Emotions, Demos 2018. Uh, I, you know, like, um, Og has a lot of different projects, a lot of pop stuff, a spoken word thing called Young Southpaw. It's a comedy thing. It's pretty great. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks because I did a collaboration with him on one of them. I think it's out soon. But um, two years ago, he was driving through visiting us when he was moving back from Tennessee to go back to Connecticut. And uh, he stopped by here and stayed with us for a while. And he played me a bunch of demos. And then he put this on. I was like, oh, I really like those demos. I'm going to listen to it. And these demos are not those demos. He has two different sets of demos from 2018. I was like, I listened to them and they're great. And then I was like, hey, didn't you have like a surf rocky one when you were here? And he's like, oh, God, I totally forgot. I was in a surf rock band for a while, too. Yeah. And so, like, that was a totally different set of demos. That guy is prolific, man. I really, I really, uh, I'm impressed with Og's work ethic when it comes to putting out art. He's very good at it. I wish I could be that consistent. Uh, then I listened to the new Haim, I, uh, I Know Alone EP, two songs I've already heard, Summer Girl and one other one, but two new songs, and they were great. It's all leading up to an album that's coming out this summer. Haim, they wanted to put it out in the summer. They thought about postponing it because of the pandemic, but they're like, no, man, this is a summer record. We got to get it out for the summer. So, you know, I, I'm sympathetic to them. Uh, I think it'll still be great, though. And then <laughs> the thing Aug sent me, it's amazing. There's this band in England called the Indelicates. They're kind of like a, a rock pop thing, kind of like, uh, you know, Americans don't really understand this sort of form of music, but I would say it's sort of like the darkness in pop. It's like a whole, there's like a bunch of them in England like this, right? And anyway, Simon from the Indelicates put out this thing and it's called the All About a Girl All Time Radio Hour. <laughs> so he put a tweet out. He was like, 
about a girl is a great song, man. Seriously. I would listen to about a girl on repeat for hours. And then he said, actually let's do this. So he solicited and received like 30 different covers of about a girl by Nirvana. And he strung them together into a two. It's actually way more than an hour. It's two hours. And he calls it the all about a girl, all time radio hour. And he made like, uh, like station bumpers for it and everything. It's like, you're listening to the all about a girl radio hour. It's kind of amazing. And there's just, you know, like 30 covers of uh, about a girl and they're all really different. There's some metal ones, there's jazz, there's indie pop, there's, you know, Og Og did one of those as well. Uh, And uh, it's great. I mean, I, for two and a half hours one day, I'm just listening to about a girl over and over. It made me really happy. Then somebody recommended, I think it was Ghostly or something, recommended this act, artist, I don't know anything about it, called 100 Gex, G-E-C-S. And I just threw it in the playlist without even thinking about it. And the album's called 1000 Gex. And I listened to it once and I was like, well, that is weird. (laughs) It was like intense, weird, like cerebral, glitchy electronica kind of, but even stranger than that. And I was like, okay, I don't get it. Uh, Autecra, maybe? Like fast Autecra with a ascend trip to the moon, that sort of stuff, but a little bit less uh, silly. Uh, interesting, but not my speed. I, it is going to get another listen though. Uh, and then I listened to the triple CD box set, the shout, the essential Alex Harvey by the sensational Alex Harvey band. Who's this Scottish soul into psych rock kind of dude from the seventies that, you know, went from like Northern soul uh, and, and like, you know, it's called shout because his first hit was a cover of shout. You make me want to shout lift me and stuff all the way through like weird, like psychedelic seventies stuff. And I listened to it all and it was pretty intense. I probably started like 20 tracks on it. No way I'm listening to the whole thing again though. But now I know who Alex Harvey is i feel good about that that was a gap you know try to fill in these gaps when they happen uh new car seat headrest making a door less open it's like way more accessible and polished and produced than old car seat headrest a little bit droney in places which i really liked uh then i read an interview with him and he was like i was gonna do this whole thing with like a gas mask and a, and a, and a persona sort of uh, i'm sorry david bowie style but now he's like kind of like torn about it because of the gas mask and now we have a pandemic and we're all wearing face masks and he doesn't really know what to do and he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place and i'm a little sympathetic to his plight i'm not gonna lie but also i'm like eh, just let it go man it's pretty Pretty good record, though. Uh, I was into it. Gave it like three or four listens. Started like four songs. Uh, and then I listened to a, a Boston sort of post-punk band called Blood Built Empire that my friend Deb is in with her husband and some other guy from her old band called The Information in Boston. It's pretty good. It's called The album's called Fractured. I really liked it. If you're into that sort of thing, metally punk, post-punk. Uh, and yeah, it's solid. Blood Built Empire. And then there's a new Dramarama, which is funny because I've been talking about Dramarama so much lately. Probably because it's Earth Day. It's April 21st, and everybody knows today is Earth Day. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Earth Day is April 22nd. It's a mystery. I started out the mystery, but it's still a mystery. Anyway, they have a new album, and it's actually really good. Uh, I strongly recommend it. The the sort of album cuts where he doesn't sing like the Dramarama guy in his high whiny voice, and he's just sort of like, there's some folky stuff, there's some droney stuff. It's cool. Uh, wow, my computer is freaking out. I'm going to stop the recording lest I lose it. All right, well, that was weird. My monitor on the left that's got my notes for this podcast just totally glitched out, and I was worried that my computer was going to crash, but it seems that the monitor just had a connection issue. I fixed it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Let's see. New Jarbo. Jarbo used to be in the Swans. Uh, She's awesome. She's had a few solo albums through the years. There's a new one out called Illusory. Uh, On the folky side, not as noisy as some of her stuff. She sings more than screams on this one. So if you like the atonal, terrifying Jarbo, this is not it. But it's a solid record. I'm really into it. 
New Caleb Landry Jones called the Mother Stone not my thing. Gave it a shot. I'll give anything on Sacred Bones a shot, but I was like, eh, it's fine. It's weird. It seems to be, I don't know. Maybe I'll, you know what? I'll reserve judgment until I listen to it again, but I was unimpressed the first listen. And then my friend Will, who used to work at Spotify, sent me a link to a Carol King song. And I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, why have I never listened to Carol King? So I listened to five Carol King records in a row, and she's great. And I love Carol King. She's the best. I listened to her greatest hits first, Songs of the Long Ago, and then Tapestry, Writer, Rhymes and Seasons, and Music, her first four albums. I don't know if I'm going to go full John Prine and listen to like all 20 albums. She has like seven live albums, too. And I mentioned that to him, and he was like, well, it's because she has like one of the shittiest record contracts in, in history, and she only got like 4% of all the money and i was like oh well yeah i'd have a ton of live albums too if i were her uh but yeah carol king man she's awesome uh and then i've been listening to the last mc 900 foot jesus album one foot ahead of the spider one step ahead of the spider which i you know i think i did listen to back in the day at least once i saw the tour and the tour was awesome and i knew the single of course if i only had a brain but i hadn't given the whole album a listen and it's great it's like super mellow weird dubby jazz and the massive attack style with like his lyrics as, uh, as clever and funny and weird as ever but like lower in the mix and it, it's awesome i don't know i don't know if you were ever an mc9 or foot jesus fan that guy really holds up though and his other stuff too his early stuff i'm going straight to heaven truth is out of style he's great man that guy was great i read a big feature on him a year or two ago and he's just like hanging out living in texas not doing much it was pretty funny and he's like i, I think i might make some records again i don't know maybe and he was just kind of like apathetic about it so that's music for the week two weeks there's a lot. I listen to a lot of music. I'm trying to keep up. That's one thing I'm staying good at, man. That and my writing on, you know, 750 words in my Facebook update. I'm not good at book writing, though. That's a failure. TV. Not watching a ton of TV, but I've been watching some stuff. We've watched Picard. We plowed through that finally. You know, being Trekkies, we had to. Uh, if you just watch it and you don't think too much, it's kind of okay. And, like, every day I wanted to watch more, and I was kind of into it when I was watching it because it's Picard and it's Star Trek, and that's awesome. But, like, the universe is just a catastrophe. It's, like, they've violated a million Trek canonical rules. They've made stupid decisions. It made me really angry. But when I'm watching it, I don't feel that way. Then afterwards I think about it, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's so dumb. It's just writers that are chicken and can't write within the constraints of a, of a universe that has near utopia at the center, but not the edges. But there are challenges of that utopia. They have to make it like they have to corrupt the utopia all the time, which, OK, fine. There's star, some some good Star Trek out there that corrupts the utopia, like Undiscovered Country. But this isn't good. It's not an interesting new way to corrupt it. Right. Like, it's just they don't even bother corrupting it. They're just like, it's corrupted. And it's like, no, it's not. It wasn't corrupt. Nothing happened. And you have told us nothing that happened to make it corrupt. So why is it suddenly corrupt? Like, you're just writing in a different universe and it's lame. It made me really mad. So we did a palate cleanser on that by watching the third season of Future Man, which is awesome. It's a 30-minute sci-fi comedy on Hulu. Uh, it's got Peter Malark from The Hunger Games in it. Josh Hutchinson, yeah, that's his name. It's produced by uh, Seth Rogen and Evan, what's his name? His producing partner, Goldberg? Evan something. Uh, and Seth Rogen's in the third series season, and it's hilarious, and they wrapped it up really well. It's the end, and the end credits were just fantastic, and the whole thing is amazing, and I love that show. You could probably watch all three seasons in like three days if you wanted to, honestly. Strongly recommend it. And then now we started what we do in the Shadow Season 2, but we've only watched one episode. But it was great. I'm into it. It has a lot of potential. We watched the Saturday Night Live at home. Second attempt. Second attempt is better than the first attempt. They are getting their act together. There's another one this weekend, and I guess that's the season finale, so good for them. Uh, you can tell they're working really hard on these, though, and I feel for them. And it's hard to make things funny in a way in TV and serial form that can compete with what we're all watching on TikTok and the Internet. But they do a good job, and it's, it's pretty solid. 
watched the Parks and Recreation special, which was cute. It's a charity special. It's like happens in their universe, you know, several years after the events of the show, and they're in a quarantine, and they're all like zooming each other, except for they're using that that Google ripoff company in the show. It's pretty funny. Uh, if you watch Parks and Rec, you would enjoy it. It's good. Watching Lego Masters, which is just like, ah, oh, this is nice. It's like the Great British Baking Show with Legos and Will Arnett. And that makes me happy. Although I did learn this week that C-3PO has an understudy. And Anthony Daniels does not do C-3PO all the time anymore. And this other guy does. And so that was interesting. Uh, then we watched the Seinfeld special, uh, which is, you know, from before the quarantine. So it's kind of like watching the Mark Maron one. Some of the jokes still land. Like there's a whole section on going out and how much it sucks. That's actually kind of nice to watch right now. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, you know what? It does kind of suck going out. So that was helpful. But then there's a whole section like on the postal service. that's like a little, uh, awkward now. And he said he would, re- he regretted writing it. So, you know, that's a thing. And, uh, there's a whole section of phones. I just didn't think it was that funny, but uh, all in all, I liked it. It was interesting. And it's worth it just for the stunt at the beginning, which he actually did, which is kind of amazing. So that's, that's a thing. Uh, but again, mostly I'm just watching my Civ live streams, <laughs> the game mechanic, playing all the civilizations in order on deity. And it's, it, I watch it every morning and sometimes at night and it just keeps me steady. It's like my asthma, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And then I watched three movies, two and a half, really. I watched Portrait of, finished Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I'd started a few weeks ago and didn't finish, even though I was loving every minute of it. And I finally found some time to finish it when Emma was doing some uh, video conferencing with some friends. Uh, and it's just a fantastic movie. I was supposed to see it in the theater, but I didn't because I had to go see my dad and it was gone by the time I got back. And then the lockdown happened. I finally got around to seeing it. It's just beautiful. It's wonderful. I could quibble about the ending, though. It, it wouldn't. It's not perfect. It's no Cold War. It's like 80% of a Cold War but it's pretty great. Uh, and then I watched Western stars, the Bruce Springsteen concert documentary. And I watched it because I had seen the trailer. And I, again, I th- it was came out the same week as portrait of lady on fire. At least here it did. And I was going to go see it in the theater, but I couldn't cause I went to go see my dad. And, uh, I, when I was selling that stop your crying single, I was thinking about the video and the video reminded me of Western stars. And so I was like, I need to watch Western stars. So I finally watched it and it's, you know, it's interesting. It's beautiful. The, the concert performance is impeccable. Although there's a lot of timpani in it and there's no timpani and it's a little weird. And I think they sampled the timpani, even though they have a full string quartet, uh, it needs a second watch before I figure that out. Uh, and then I really like Bruce's, you know, ruminations on being depressed and being older and having like a scarred past and like healing and growing through it, but not letting go of it. I, I, I can bond with that shit. Right. Right. That's like male, you know, hurt male, wounded male, but healing kind of shit that, that I, 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 I you know, I feel, but at the same time, I'm like this dude, you're worth like a hundred million dollars. You have this barn, you're like directing this, like these shots of all you hanging out with your friends at the bar are actors. Like, it's like, I don't know. I couldn't get past the meta layer. I could actually get past it, especially when he's doing stones i love that song i woke up this morning stones in my heart these are only the lies you told me i don't know why i'm singing for you man i'm sorry about that anyway i love that song and i love the western stars song and he tells little tell us tales about the songs and it's got like a little montage between each one and it works generally if you just ignore that he's you know a plutocrat basically uh, but yeah, I would recommend it to dudes that are trying to heal from depression and mistakes in their past. Uh, and then I watched La Jetée because I had seen it once, I think maybe at some point, like 30 years ago, it was not unknown to me. I think when 12 monkeys came out, I rewatched it because 12 monkeys is a technically a remake of La Jetée. Uh, and I hadn't seen it. And somebody in a ch- uh, slack, I'm in mentioned the, the, the guy, uh, 
the director, uh, Chris Marker. I can never remember his name because he's French, but his name is Chris Marker. It's weird. Uh, his other film, Sans Soleil, which I had not known about. And they're like, oh, my God, you got to watch this film. So I haven't watched it yet, but I downloaded that. So I got to watch Sans Soleil next. But I was like, well, that should taste short. It's only like 30 minutes. So I'll rewatch that. And then, so I did that. That's it for movies. Not watching a ton of movies. I'm trying, but I'm not really getting around to it. Same with books, man. I'm still reading that Corporations or People 2 book. It's great by Kent Greenfield. I'm almost done with it. But I mean, I should, you know, it's a one day read. I don't know why I'm taking so long. I'm just not really reading books right now. Uh, you know, let's see, uh, that was the whole book section, not reading books. Uh, I do think I'm going to read Rendezvous with Rama, reread Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke next. I've been meaning to reread that. And I think, I think I could get into that and reread it. I think about that book a lot and I want to, I want to know, I want to, I want it fresh in my brain again. Work's going well. Uh, yeah, it's going well. I mean, you know, like the work from home thing is working. Our product is moving along. The revenue is not good by last year's standards, but we're not going to go out of business. So that's nice. Uh, we are trying to hire one more person. We got a board meeting next week. I mean, it's going. It's going all right. Uh, you know, yeah, it's going. Yeah, Nimbus is growing. People are using it more. We had our best day ever on Nimbus side of the business. Still small, but growing. So that's nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with work. It's hard to work, though. I'm not going to lie, right? Like more universally than my job and my company. It's just like. I'm very thankful to have it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a little jealous of my friends that don't have work right now. But of course I need the money and we all need the money. So like, I'm happy to have the job, but you know, it's hard to think about it when people are dying. Let's just put it that way. It's tough. I don't want to bum you guys out or anything today, but, uh, you know, I struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot. I'm not going to lie. And uh, on that note, the projects too, I had this, I think I mentioned this, I had this fun project when this all started and I was taking pictures of all the marketing emails with people mentioning the coronavirus. They've basically all stopped, right? I could probably graph it at some point, but they've all stopped. Nobody's really sending those kinds of emails anymore. The we're here for you. We got their back, your back things. We're like, we're going to stay open or we're closing. Like that's just, everybody stopped and I'm very thankful for it. So that project kind of died. I've been telling myself, I'm just going to like dive in and rewrite which half is wasted because I could do it. And I think two to four weeks of sustained work and I could do a nice tight draft that would be really compelling, but I'm unable to start and it's really frustrating. And I talk about it a lot with my wife. I had to do a board deck and I, you know, that was reassuring because it was like hard to start. But once I got started, I was like, cool. Okay. This is like everything else has always been in my life. Hard to start. But once I'm going, I just go forever until it's done. So that was reassuring, right? It's uh, similar to what it's always been like. If you can get through the hump that it's going. And I was like, well, it's not got a given that when you start the book, it'll be like that. It might be hard every day. This is a weird world. Don't beat yourself if it is. She was trying to be nice and trying to warn me. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Oh, shit. What if it's like that? I can't even, it, like, really took the wind out of my sails. I'm not blaming her. I, the, the thought did, you know, like, I, I kind of think it was lingering in the back of my head anyway. But so it's been really hard to start that. Uh, and I, I'm trying to not beat myself up over it. I got a lot of projects going on. Uh, you know, I'm writing two different quarantine books, one private, one public. I've got a full-time job with two different products on it. I've got, I'm raising a baby. I'm doing the garden. I'm, you know, I'm doing stuff, but I just still like, I, I'm, I'm feeling bad. I feel like I should be doing more. I feel like I should make an album or write another book and I'm trying to be okay with it, but it's hurting. I don't know. I feel guilty about it. And also the diet was off the fucking rails and I gained like 10 pounds. And, uh, I was like, okay, after my birthday, like a week after my birthday. So next Thursday's grocery shopping is going to be all healthy stuff this week. I'm just going to munch through whatever bad stuff is left in the house. There's not much. And I'm going hardcore back on the diet again next week because I had this epiphany when I was traveling, I would lose tons of weight when I was home and I gained it in New York. And I was like, if I could only stay home for a while, I could lose the rest of this weight. And now I'm home and I'm not losing it because I'm fucking eating junk and drinking too much. So I'm going back on the wagon, pretty hardcore. 
next Thursday. So there, that's me holding myself to it. So hopefully by the next time I talk to you guys, I can share some good news about that, right? That'd be nice. All right, well, good talking to you guys. I feel like maybe that was a little rushed, but uh, I'm really trying to get a lot done today, you know? Quarantine Christmas, I gotta mail the title to my car to my mom, I gotta do some gardening, I got some baby time, I gotta make some dinner. It's a lot, man, it's a lot. Life life packed into the house, it's a lot. But staying busy in the routine, that's what keeps me alive. Drop a line, let me know how you're doing. Say hi. Talk to you guys soon, take care. <laughs>